Welcome to the Resources for Integrated Care webinar, Preventative Care and Health Screenings for Persons with Disabilities. This podcast is excerpted from a webinar presented live on November 2, 2017. In this podcast, Gabriel Uribe, Independent Living and Diversity Services Manager at Inland Empire Health Plan, and Chris Duff, a Disability Practice and Policy Consultant, discuss strategies to improve preventive care and screenings for individuals with disabilities. As a health plan, we, we recognize uh, many of the barriers that um, you know, people with disabilities experience when accessing care. And uh, one of the areas that we uh, decided to address a few years ago was our entire urgent care network. Um, we have a great resource for individuals who need to be seen, as many of our health plans have a resource for urgent care sites um, that need um, access to care urgently, but not necessarily emergently. And we realized fairly quickly that our urgent care sites um, were experiencing a despair, or people who were trying to urgent, uh, access urgent care sites were experiencing disparities um, if they were uh, deaf or used ASL as their primary mode of communication. Uh, so one of the things that we did is we um, strategized with local community-based organizations and talked about different solutions to this uh, disparity. And uh, we discussed the utilization of VRI, which is used in many hospital settings uh, urgent, or emergent care settings. And we developed a project that would allow us to bring this technology into um, urgent care sites so that all those urgent care sites um, had access to uh, communication for uh, ASL users. And what we did is we funded uh, tablets for all of our urgent cares in our networks. Um, we required that all urgent cares have uh, Wi-Fi coverage in their facility so that uh, the tablets could um, uh, be utilized for that purpose. And our results were great uh, once we did the once we provided those, that equipment to the urgent care sites. Uh, we had virtual access, 100% uh, access for our uh, ASL users who are our members who were accessing facilities there. Um, so it took us uh, probably about 12 months to get um, you know this project off the ground and and, and going. Um, but we were able to not only provide equipment, we did some training on uh, disability resources available to our members. We also talked a little bit about deaf culture and what to expect when individuals uh, who are deaf access their clinics. And um, we learned a couple of things. Uh, we learned that it was crucially important for us to work with local community organizations that are uh, ran by individuals who are deaf, who can give us some perspective as to the disparities and the experience that um, they uh, have when accessing care at, at urgent care sites. And we also learned that the provider knowledge uh, for uh, or of the barriers that the deaf community faced uh, was not very good. Um, so we, we definitely um, provided some insight into that as we shared information. If we can go to the next slide. We also developed some uh, easy to use training guides for staff. So we trained providers and we also trained office staff uh, in cultural competency 
and provided them with resources on how to use the devices uh, expediently. Because we also recognize that many of these offices are in remote areas. We happen to be a health plan that's spread over a geographic region that's probably larger than the state of Rhode Island. And um, in many points of, the, of our two counties, there's really uh, the population centers are, are not as dense as others. So we recognize that individuals who are deaf may not be accessing the services um, regularly, but we wanted to ha make sure that all the urgent care sites were ready to go and could easily pull out a guide to uh, utilize the equipment when needed. Um, the next slide, please. Another intervention that we are very proud of is our follow-up after a mental health uh, hospitalization. So looking at mental health, um, one of the things that we realized early on was that there was a disconnect between um, the con continuity of care after hospitalizations in mental health facilities and then um, you know, the, the providing care thereafter. And our intervention was basically to follow up with mental health hospitals um, after we received authorization request for services. And what we did is we worked with dis discharge planners um, and uh, you know, uh, our our goal was to work with the discharge planners prior to the individual's um, release from hospitalization to ensure that we could um, schedule follow-up appointments expediently. Um, one of the things that we learned while working with um, individuals who are part of uh, this community was that um, they have many barriers. As, as Mary Lou was talking about social determinants and Chris was talking about social determinants, we know that um, a lot of our members uh, who are Medicaid recipients have trouble sometimes accessing telephones, uh, having a home phone or even an address. They experience homelessness, so they're either couch surfing or maybe um, you know living out on the street. So it's very important that we connect it with a discharge planner while the patient was inpatient to ensure that we would have an appropriate follow-up. And the results were great. I mean, we, we saw about an 11% improvement from the previous year. Uh, when we looked at our HEDIS measures uh, for a follow-up within a week of uh, the hospitalization. And then uh, subsequently for, for within a month, we also saw close to um, or a little bit over 10% improvement as well, moving us on both cases about 25 percentile points up. So one of the things, too, that um, one of the things that, that um, give me one second here. I'm trying to catch up on my slides on my end. I think that was one yeah. of the slides that I was going to take over on. Go, go ahead, Chris. <laughs> that did not okay, look familiar. Thank you. So. <laughs> yeah, I was, that's why I was trying to save you there, yeah. Um, <laughs> thank you. Actually, I have several questions for you. I thought your, your comments were great and really exemplifies um, um, what IEHP is. Preventive care strategies um, are, are really the core to success in integrated care. The first step to prevention is to build this relationship, educating participants about the importance and role of routine health prevention services and screening. Most persons with disabilities see a variety of specialists and often don't understand the need for a primary care practitioner. That is certainly the, our experience in Minnesota. Participants benefit from learning when and how to access their primary care practitioner and their care coordinator both of whom can also provide training in self-care techniques. Some additional strategies include developing materials from 
for the participant, highlighting the importance of preventive care and screenings. Many plans partner with local agencies, especially centers for independent living, area, agents, area agencies on aging, and aging and disability resource centers to help with this education and to develop materials. Every community varies. Um, I think the best way to figure out who to partner with is to look where your members go. Who do they look to for invitation information? Care managers and care navigators, be them based in a health plan, a community organization, or within a primary care clinic, are critical in helping participants identify needed services and accessing them accordingly. These individuals are in regular contact with the participants and can be trained to assist with accessing preventive care. Additionally, call upon those who are already with the participant in their home, be it home-based primary care practitioners or home care staff. While most of these individuals focus on acute issues, they are in the home, they see what's going on, and they can be a great source of information to both both from and to the participant. Another idea is to partner with local pharmacies to provide seasonal immunization. Many persons with disabilities are in their local pharmacies frequently, and this could be a good strategy to providing access. Some health plans look at where their participants or members go on a regular basis and build upon these patterns. Look at where your members live or congregate and work with public health or home care agencies to hold immunization clinics on site. Another approach along those lines is to partner with your community-based providers such as adult day programs to promote and provide immunization. Thank you for listening. This podcast is presented by the Lewin Group and is supported through the Medicare and Medicaid Coordination Office at the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. MMCO is dedicated to ensuring beneficiaries enrolled in Medicare and Medicaid have access to seamless, high-quality health care that includes a full range of covered services in both programs. To support providers in their efforts to deliver more integrated, coordinated care, MMCO is developing technical assistance and actionable tools based on successful innovations and care models. To learn more about current efforts and resources, please visit our website or follow us on Twitter for more details. Our Twitter handle is at integrate underscore care.